Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. We are in the series called Rejoice Always. We start preaching this in the camp, and the whole message is about joy. The joy of the Lord gives us strength. Actually, according to the medical fact, the joy gives us high immune system. The joy will help our body to produce growth hormone that make us look young and make us healthy. So. The Bible says the cheerful heart is like a medicine. When we have joy, we will be strong. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, we will be strong. And we will not die young. We will be healthy and we will have victory. And the joy of the Lord came from the Holy Spirit. When we began to walk in faith and confident expectation or we call hope, then the joy of the Lord will begin to rise up. The Bible says the joy of faith. Faith and joy are together. So when you have the spirit of faith, you will have the spirit of joy. And then you will have the spirit of victory. All these three things all come together. Many Christians are sad and depressed all the time. They always cry. Cry because they're sad. And it's not God's will for us to be sad all the time. He wants us to laugh, to be smiling and happy all the time because we have the Almighty God, the overcomer, the one who is greater than he who is in the world in us. Let me review a little bit by reading Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 to 21. We finished around here last Sunday. Revelation 3, 20-21, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and die with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne." So when he said this, it means that not every Christian is an overcomer because some Christians are like the first generation of the children of Israel in the wilderness. They were defeated. Many Christians were defeated. And this part of the Bible says that God knocked at the door of our heart. And not only he knocked, he stand there, he knocks and he calls your name. He says, can I come in? What does it mean? It means that God speaks to you and wants to come in and work in your life. And that he created all of us in such a way that our door of the heart has only the handle on the inside. There is no handle on the outside. You make a choice to open the door to anything. You open the door to God and let God come in and then you fellowship with Him. You focus on Him. 
you look unto Jesus, you look to the Holy Spirit who is on the inside of you, and if you fellowship with the Spirit of Jesus on the inside of you, you shall be an overcomer, because He who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The good news is this: that you can also close the door to anything bad that the devil and the trouble of the world try to get into you. But at the same time, you can open the door of your heart to let the trouble come, to let the disappointment come, the sadness, the depression, the fear, the hopelessness to come into your heart as well. So you need to make a choice every day: what gonna come into my life? The door. I open to something and I shut the door to some things. Today we're going to learn a story of the children of Israel to see that there are two kinds of believers on the earth: the believer who has the spirit of faith, spirit of joy, and the spirit of victory, and the believer who have the spirit of sadness, unbelief, and the spirit of complaining. So I'm going to start by reading from Numbers chapter 13. We're going to stay in the Old Testament today. Numbers chapter 13, talking about the situation in the wilderness when God told the children of Israel that I selected a very perfect land for you called the land of Canaan, that was flowing with milk and honey. It's a beautiful. And prosperous land, I prepare for you, and I'm gonna take you in there. You're gonna take possession of the land. That is the promise of the heavenly Father to them. And when they got to the edge or the border of that land, God told Moses, "Why don't you select one representative of each tribe? So twelve guys, one each, who were bold enough to get into the land and spy out the land." And see what is inside. Who is inside? How the land look like? How the fruit in the land look like? Numbers chapter 13, verses 17 to 20. I'm going to read many scripture today to show you. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said to them, "Go up this way into the south, and go up to the mountains, and see what the land is like." Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell is in in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not, be of good cheer or good courage. And bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So you can see, Moses obeyed the Lord to send the twelve spies in to scan to spy out the land. Now verse twenty-five to twenty-nine, and they returned from spying out the land after forty days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him, "Said, we went to the land where you sent us, 
it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the bank of the Jordan. What God told them about the land was true. It was the land that flowed with milk and honey, very prosperous land. They brought back some grape, and the cluster of grape was so huge, so heavy. That it took two men to carry them back, and this congregation can taste some of the grapes there. Very delicious. The fruit is so awesome. However, however, they said, the people who dwelled in the land are very strong. The cities are fortified with big wall, very large, and not only that, we saw the descendants of Anaks there. The Anakim, or you can call Anakites, were mystical. The Israelites in that generation heard about these people, and some of them did not even believe that they existed, because the Anakim or the Anakites, you can call either way, were very large. They were giants. They were ten to eleven feet tall, and they. Weighed about 400 to 500 pounds, they were literal giants. Can you imagine if you are only six foot tall or five foot tall like me, and you are only 120 pounds like me, and you are standing in front of an 11 foot tall man, 400 pounds, you will be very intimidated. And you think, how am I going to fight this guy? He is so huge. The weapons of the Anakites, or the Anakim, very large and heavy, that the normal average man cannot even lift, cannot even drag or handle the weapons. When the ten spies saw all this thing, and talk about the giants, and talk about the fortified city, what happened? The whole congregation lost their heart. And they were so scared and they were so upset and depressed because they think about the big wall city. They think about the troubles that were all around them when we, they marched into the promised land or the land of Canaan. They're supposed to be having faith. And they're supposed to win the battle, but they were already defeated before even they walked into that land. And they began to complain, and they began to say, are you kidding me? Are we going to go into that land? And we're going to be killed by these giants? No, 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 we cannot get in there. We are in big trouble right now. Because the troubles are around us. All the fortified city and the giants are around us. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people 
before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Caleb told the congregation, Shut your mouth. Quiet. Stop crying and mourning. Why? Because that bad news, if we continue to talk about it, what happened? Their heart will be filled with fear. Their heart will be filled with sadness and depression. And if they keep being fearful and sad and depressed, they are on the road to being defeated. They are on the road to perish. And that's the way that many Christians nowadays are going. Many Christians are pondering, meditating on the trou- about the troubles all around them, and they become sad, they become panicking, despairing, grieving, crying. They yield to depression, and they feel sorry for themselves. And that's how they're going downhill in their life. They are defeated because they allow the troubles that are around them to come into their heart. They open the door for the outside trouble, the thing that they see, the giants, the mountains, the fortified city to get into their heart. How many times did God tell the children of Israel, be strong and courageous? How many times? So many times. God told them so many times, I am with you. I am on your side. Don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. So many times God said that. So when you heard this kind of thing from God, you have two choices and you need to make a choice. One choice is to say, God, I look up to you. I believe you are in me. I believe in your promise. I will let you come into my life. I open the door of my life. No matter what I see around me, all the troubles, I will not let them come in. I will be an overcomer. I'm more than conquerors. But on the opposite way, you can make a choice to open the door of your heart, to let the giants come in, to let the fortified city come in. Fear, sadness, depression, hopelessness, grief come into your heart. And they are knocking at your door too. The giants are knocking at your door. The fortified cities, the fear and the depression knock at your door. Are you opening your door to let them come in and look at them and walk by your side? Fear may knock at your door right now. Maybe you go to the doctor and the doctor say, I see a spot in your body, in your lungs, and we believe it might be a cancer. And you come home and cry and say, God, I'm going to die. Oh, I have bad disease. Cancer is a sentence of death. I'm going to die. And you let cancer come in. Actually, what kills you is not the cancer in your body. Because for God, cancer is a piece of cake. He can heal it like this in one second. But what kills you is yourself allow cancer to come into your heart to allow fear to come to your heart. What kills you is not the bill on your table. 
But what kills you is you allow that bills, the fear of not being able to pay bill, not be able to get enough income to pay your expenses to come into your heart, and that fear is killing you because you open the door to the bills and the sickness and the disease and the giants and the trouble around you. It's very easy for God, the Almighty God. To help you to fix any problem in your life, if you keep your eyes on Him, you shall be defeated. If you allow the giants and the troubles to enter into your heart, like what happened to the children of Israel, Caleb on the opposite, he say, "Let's go in right now. Our God gonna give us victory." You notice that Caleb did not look at the giants. Caleb did not look at the fortified city. We will overcome it. He was not talking about the natural thing. He was not looking at how big the giants were. He did not look at how fortified and big walls the cities have. He was looking at God. He was looking at the promises of God. Amen. What did the men who went out? With Caleb say, they say that we cannot do it. We gonna die. But Caleb say, let us do it. You see the opposite. One group say we cannot. One another two men, Joshua and Caleb say we can do it. Their comments and their thinkings are opposite, 180 degree to one another. All these ten spies gave evil reports to the people. Number chapter 13, 31 to 33. But the men who had gone up with him said, "We are not able to go up against the people." They say, "We are not able." But Caleb said, "We are able, for they are stronger than we." And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, "The land through which we have gone." As spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There, there we saw the giants. The descendant of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Wow! They allow fear to come in. They allow. Sadness. They allow hopelessness to come into their heart, and now they see themselves as a grasshopper in our own sight. So we were in their sight. Basically, these ten spies lie to the congregation. They lied. They say that all these people saw them as grasshopper. You know the real story. They lied. In fact, let me read what is the real story. They twist the story. Look at Joshua chapter two, verses eight to eleven. Now, before they lay down, she, mean Rahab, came up to them on the roof and said to the men, "I know that the Lord has given you the land. You see, even the people in the land of Canaan knew already that they could win. The Lord already gave them the land. That the terror of you." Has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. Is it true that they look at the children of Israel as grasshopper? No, 
They were afraid of the children of Israel. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two things of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Shihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our heart melted. Wow. Actually, they were afraid of the children of Israel. Our heart melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. <laughs> we have the God deserves above the earth. Amen. We go with the Lord. The Lord will go with us. But despised, lied. They opened the door of their heart and allowed fear, depression, grief, hopelessness, giants, and fortified city to come into their heart and they look at themselves as a grasshopper. They defeated themselves. They were defeated by fear, depression, sadness, unbelief before they even saw and encountered the giants. They did not even go into the land and fight with the giants. They were already defeated beforehand. Numbers chapter 14, verse 1, continue. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. You see the difference between joy and sadness? Joshua and Caleb, ha, 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 we're going to take the land. We have faith. And they laugh. But the children of Israel, the whole congregation in that generation, they were sad. They cried all night. They were defeated. They were conquered by depression, fear, unbelief, troubles, and the picture of giants and the fortified city. They were not conquered by the real giants, but they allowed the picture of giants to come into their heart and they see themselves as grasshopper. They let the fear to control them. My dear brother and sister, when you heard about the bad news, when you have seen trouble all around you, the economy, the rain, or whatever around you, you heard the bad report from the doctor, it doesn't matter, it's outside you. You should not allow them to come in and make you fearful to the point that you begin to be defeated before anything else happens. They haven't fought the battle yet, all these children of Israel, but they already were defeated. But come to this point that I preach, you may say, Pastor, it's easy for you to say, you know, if you're in my condition, you could not smile either. Oh, you, and you can say it because you read from the scripture, but in real life, it's impossible for me to be joyful. My dear brother and sister, if Caleb and Joshua were not that way, they were able to laugh, have faith, and have victory in their heart. Joshua and Caleb saw exactly the same thing the ten spies saw in the promised land. But the giants to them is a, not a big deal. The fortified city compared to God not a big deal because they know that their God is bigger than those things. 
Can we do the same thing? Can we become like Joshua and Caleb? Can we become the new generation of the Joshua and Caleb that can say, "Hey, troubles around me, not big deal. The promise of God shall be fulfilled. He say He will heal me; He shall heal me. He say He shall provide for me; He will provide for me. I will follow the Holy Spirit. I will walk by faith." Caleb saw the same things and heard the same thing, but the fear and the sadness did not get into him at all. He did not open the door of his heart. The fear got into the ten spies. The sadness got into all the children of Israel. The hopelessness of being lost, being defeated, the hopelessness get into all of them, and they cried all night. And when they cry, they get weaker, and they die in the wilderness. All that generation could not make it; they all died. How many people want to make it to the promised land? I want to make it to the promised land. I don't want to die soon. Amen. Number chapter fourteen, two to three, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, "You notice one thing. Let me share this quickly." When we talk about the word unbelief, I talk about you don't believe in God and don't believe in the promise of God and the power and the grace and the goodness of God. The word unbelief. But I want to say it another way: we all believe something. Is that right? When you get on the airplane, you believe the airplane going to take you to the destiny. You believe that the pilot is able to get the plane out of the ground. And get you and land safely on the ground. You have some faith in there. You believe before you see it. So you can believe in good things, and you believe in bad things. And the Bible says, when you believe, you speak. I can tell how much faith you have and what kind of faith you have in by listening to what you say. Because whatever you believe, you speak. Look at this happen. These children of Israel believe in the wrong thing. They believe in defeat. They say, "If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness." They talk about what death. They did not have faith, so they believe in death. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wife and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt and die there? I add a little bit and some emphasis there. So they were talking about defeat and death because their heart is so full, and they believe in death and defeat. And what happened to what they say? Look at verses 22 to 23. Because all these men, this is the word of the Lord. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the sign which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness have put me to the test now these ten times, and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. In other words, they all will die. In the wilderness, according to what they say, my brother and sister, unbelief or believing in the wrong thing 
sadness, depression, having a bad attitude, and complaining, complaining, complaining. Oh my God! Oh my church! Oh my pastor! Oh, I'm so dry in this church. Complain, complaining, complaining. Nothing is good. My life is miserable. You know, you're gonna get that. If you think you walk into this church and you're dry, you're gonna be dry, because what that's what you believe. No matter how much anointing I have and lay hand on you, you're gonna be still dry. You don't get what God wants to give to you because that's what you say. That's what you believe. So either you believe positive thing and speak positive thing, or you're gonna believe negative thing and speak negative thing, and you're gonna get what you believe and what you say. So be careful. You need to check your heart all the time. Do you allow negative thinking come in? Do you allow complaining come in? And talk negative about things. Or you can always speak positive and speak faith, speak goodness of God, speak the promise of God. You have to watch your heart and watch your mouth, because that's what you're gonna get. Number fourteen twenty-four. But everyone say but. Thank God, there's a hero here. But my servant Caleb, I want God to call me the same thing. But my servant, Doctor Lauhaprasit. Because he has a different spirit in him, and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went. And I like this last sentence. Listen carefully, Dad, Daddy, Mommy, and his descendants shall inherit it. I've been a Christian for the eight, thirty-nine years now. I learned one thing as a pastor: when the mom and the dad. Follow God fully. Have faith. Follow the Holy Spirit. Their children and grandchildren shall be blessed. But but when the mom and dad are goofy, complaining, have bad attitude, and all kind of junks, their children get into trouble. It's their choice. I believe you love your children, and you love them so much that you need to shape up yourself, and don't follow this ten spies example. You need to follow Caleb and Joshua. Caleb did not allow any fear to get in. He did not allow the spirit of defeat to get in. After forty years passed by, many hundred thousand of men died out in the wilderness. But Joshua and Caleb never let the defeat, never let any fear and depression get into their heart. Listen carefully. Even though they were surrounded with men and women who complain, complain, and complain, and bitter and cursing God about what they're gonna face, they were surrounded by the negative people. But they say, "No, I will not open my heart to allow this comment, this negative spirit, to get into me. I'm gonna stand in faith." Everyone, make your hand like this. I will stand in faith. After 45 years, is that a long time? Not one day. They were think about it. 45 years. They heard all these people grumbling and murmuring and complaining about death and about defeat, but they did not allow a few 
100,000 people died before them, but these two guys turned 50, 60, 70, 80, 85, and a lot of people still die, right? And left, right? And left, and they're still strong. No cancer, no pulmonary disease, no pneumonia, no Alzheimer's. They're still strong. Why? The heart, full of faith, full of joy. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> they even talk to each other. Caleb. I, I imagine uh, Joshua and Caleb sitting in the camp together and eat dinner together. Maybe sip some latte together. And they say, hey, Caleb, do you remember that big orchard that we saw in the promised land? And Caleb said, yes, I remember. Do you remember that big house, that mansion with a big field that we did not have even to build? Look at that wells that we did not even dig. Look at that vineyard. Oh, all going to belong to us. Ha, ha, ha. Look at that big mountain. We're going to take over that mountain. They keep talking about that. They have faith and they speak positive. I am healed. I am provided. I am strong. They keep speaking the word of faith for the, past, the next 45 years of their life. And they were strong and they did not get sick. Why would they were strong? Because of joy. Why they have joy? Ha 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 ha. Because they had faith. The spirit of faith lead to the spirit of joy. The spirit of joy gives you strength. And because you have strength, you live a long life, you're strong throughout the 45 years to wait until the promise of God become fulfilled in your life. Amen? Are you learning something here? I like this lesson. Joshua 14, verses 10 to 12 say, And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Look at how Caleb say, And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. He has faith. He has the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord gives him strength. And the joy of the Lord keeps him strong and live a long life, as he said. These 45 years, even since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, why Israel wandered in the wilderness? And now here I am this day, 85 years old. Wow, when I turn 85, I can stand to say the same thing. 85 years old. As yet, I am as strong this day as on that day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war. Wow, 85 years old. He said, I'm strong as 45, 40 years old, and I can still fight the war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me the mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there, and there the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. Wow, this man spoke the word of faith. This man was so full of faith and joy and strength, and the Lord kept him to 85 years old. And he said, when I turn 85, 45 years later, I'm still strong as when I was 40 years old. How many people want to be like that? How many people believe that the Lord can keep you 
to the point that at 85 you still walk around and you still strong. No knee pain, no hip pain, no arthritis, no hip replacement, no knee replacement, no back problem, no Alzheimer. You think you can do that? You need to keep the spirit of faith. Some of you are very excited when I preach. I'm excited. I don't know about you. I'm excited because this one is for me. This is for me. God is not respecter of people. If Caleb can do that, if Joshua could do that, I can do that in this generation. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> what robbed the blessing of God from the children of Israel? What defeated them? Not the giants, not the fortified city. They robbed themselves because of their unbelief. They robbed themselves because of their words of negative things. They spoke negative. They killed themselves. But Joshua and Caleb walked by faith. They did not look around them. They did not walk by sight. After you learn this lesson, you can see now when the Bible says, don't walk by sight, what it means. Don't look at the trouble around you. Amen? 45 years later, at the border of the land of Canaan, Joshua and Caleb still stand and say, we're going to get in. The rest of the same generation all died. And now the children of Israel that stood with them, they were the new generation with the spirit of faith like them. And they marched in. And Caleb say, I'm still strong today at 85 years old. I am as strong a man to fight the battle as the man at 40 years old. And we're going to get back in there and I'm going to take that mountain that God promised me. Amen? How can they wait for 45 years? They kept their faith. They kept their joy. And the joy of the Lord gave them strength so that they can sustain themselves, so that they can resist all the negative talking around them for 45 years because they're so strong in faith. I want the church member in New Hope to be that kind of soldier. You're so strong that nothing around you can bother you, can make you shaken, can make you hopeless and fearful. You are very strong like Joshua and Caleb. That's why this lesson, the Rejoice Always series is so important to you. You may think that, oh, he's talking about joy all the time. No, no, this is important. This is life and death. How many people want to die in wilderness? Raise your hand up. No one. How many people want to go to wilderness and get into the promised land? You think joy is important? Yeah, joy is important. Amen? Despite the despair and defeat around them, but they never let all this despair and, and defeat get into their heart. They keep their faith. They keep their joy. Amen? Joshua and Caleb say to each other, we're going to get in there and we're going to enjoy life there. We're going to get the house that we did not build. We're going to get the wells that we did not dig. We're going to get the vineyard that we did not plant. Remember that? You remember that mountain? I don't remember the name of that mountain, but I'm going to keep the new name of the mountain called Caleb Mountain. 
the new name. Joshua 14:12. Again, he said, "Now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day, for you heard in that day how the Anakim were there, and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me." You see, he depended on the Lord. And I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. My dear brother and sister, I want to encourage you to stay in faith, to keep your eyes on God, to love the presence of God, to love the anointing and the Holy Spirit, because you, by faith, with the spirit of joy, the spirit of victory, and with the presence of God, you can overcome. Any problem in your life, God will go before you. The grace of God will be upon you, no matter what mountain you face, how big the giant in front of you. You can overcome them if you have the spirit of faith, and you need that joy to sustain you. Maybe God promised you something, and it may take 12 years to get the result. May not be overnight. Maybe it take 20 years to get. Fulfillment of the promise. Maybe some of you are single, and you say, "God, I, I'm old now. I turn 18. <laughs> I'm old. I need a boyfriend. I need a girlfriend. I'm too old now." And God said, "No, I'm going to give you at 28 years old. 10 years from now, too long." And you said. You upset and you complain in the church and you say, "God, Daddy, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. I am 18. I have no girl boyfriend." If you do that, you don't have a boyfriend because you look sad. But in the opposite, you're so joyful. You're happy. You dress up nice to come to church. All the men look at you. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe I should be her boyfriend. Is that right? But the joy the Lord will give you <laughs> to 28 years old. I'm not saying that, and don't worry. This is just an example. I'm not saying that you have boyfriend at 28 years old, but I just try to tell you that the joy of the Lord will give you strength to sustain you and to go through all the troubles in your life. You cannot afford to be depressed. You cannot afford to be down and sad because it will kill you. You should be joyful, positive, and have faith. You must look up. You must look at God. Look unto Jesus. Look at His promise. You look at the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Don't walk by sight. Walk by faith. The one who is in you is greater than the one of the world. And you then speak the word of God. I shall not die, but live, and declare the work of the Lord. With long life, He shall satisfy me. And I will experience, he will show me his salvation. By his stripe, I am healed. The Lord shall provide for me. The Lord will help me to be strong, and I will run my race and finish my race with joy. Is that what Paul say? Is that the way Paul walk in this life? Look at Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Is that what Paul confessed? In his writing, but none of these things, what are these things? These things are the trouble around him, the persecution, the attack, the gossiping, the rejection, whatever around him, all of these things, none of them move me. 
nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. He confessed, "I shall finish my race with joy." Why he need the joy? In order to run the race, you need strength. You don't want to collapse before you get to the finish line. So you need joy. Ha ha ha! Ho ho ho! Ha 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 ha! To give you strength to run your race with joy to the end. Is that right? Let us say, I choose joy. I choose faith. I choose God. I will not look at the troubles all around me. I look to God. I look unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of my faith. I look at the promise of God. I look at Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I shut the door to the outside problem. I open the door to only God. I gonna keep my faith, keep my joy, and I have victory. Let me read two more scripture, and I will finish here. Look at what Paul say again, one more time. Again, Old Testament talk about Joshua, Caleb, and the ten spies. Now look at the New Testament. How Paul walked by faith. Second Corinthians four, seven, and eight say, "But we have this treasure." He talk about Holy Spirit in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. He depends on the power of the Holy Spirit. We are hard pressed, hard pressed on every side. Mean the trouble on the outside, press him, push on him, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. So Paul tried to say that outside rejection, persecution, troubles, all these things, press him all around him, all outside. But he will not allow those things to get in him. He shut the door. He may face a situation that he could not understand. He was perplexed. Why this thing happened to me? I could not understand. I cannot explain. But so what? God is with me. No matter what, even though I don't understand, I still have victory. He will not let those things of confusion and misunderstanding or lack of understanding. That knock on the door of his heart, come in. He said, "Get out of here! I'm gonna keep my eyes on the Lord and on the Holy Spirit who give me power on the inside of me." Verses nine to thirteen. Persecuted but not forsaken. He said, "Hey, people may hate me because I preach the gospel, but God is with me. I'm not forsaken by God. Struck down but not destroyed. Wow! All the things outside can hit him right and left. His mind, his body, everything, but he's still." Keep it out from his heart. Always caring about the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. He died to his flesh. He will not allow depression, sadness, and complaint and bitterness against God rise up. But he want to focus on Jesus, who give life in his body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal body. He keep focusing on Jesus, who give life to your mortal body. Do you know that life is not just an idea? Life is a person. 
Do you know that peace is not just a feeling? Peace is a person. Do you know that victory is not just an experience? Victory is a person. And who is that person? The Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, who is in you, is your victory. Jesus is in you. He is your life. He gives life. He is life in you. He is peace in you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't keep your eyes on the things outside. Period. Amen. That's what Paul tried to say. So then, death is working in us, but life is in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what it is written, I believe, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore speak. Do you have the spirit of faith? Do you want spirit of faith? Do you want to be in the generation of Joshua and Caleb of the children of Israel who entered the Promised Land, or you want to be in the first generation who died in the wilderness? What generation you want? Joshua and Caleb, is that right? I hope I'm Joshua and Caleb in this generation. Lately, I'm start to think about young people in our church. While I was worshiping. I don't know. I'm gonna do it yet. I need to talk to God more. I think in my heart, maybe I ask people, young people in this church, who are called to be pastor, feel that the calling. This is just my idea, but I haven't done it. Those who are called to be pastor and to be in the ministry of pastoring people, helping people to grow, young generation in this church, maybe. If they're called to do that, I will spend time with them on a regular basis to build a young generation. I may be Joshua and Caleb. I'm older now, but I want to build a young generation to rise up to be pastor in this church, to be teacher in this church. Spend time with me and pastor. Da, I'm thinking, but I have to be careful how I can do that because I may I make announcement on the church on Sunday, but a lot of people who apply. May not be even want to be a pastor, but they just want to have some name in the list. I want the real people who take serious about being a pastor and minister in the church. How I can find those people is a good question. I don't want to spend time with people just to hang out. I want the real stuff. So I'm thinking about this: Joshua and Caleb raise the young generation and take over the land, take possession of the land. I want to be Joshua and Caleb to help the young people to rise up to take over the land for God. Future pastor, teachers, apostle, evangelists, and prophets. Future leaders in the church. One day, Pastor Da and I will be in heaven. We will not be here any longer. One day, but that day may be 60 years from now. <laughs> I'm not going to die easily. She laughed. <laughs> But we need to prepare the next generation to rise up. Amen? Amen. People of faith, young people who have faith in God, not complainer, not bad attitudes, not negative. When I saw Alex singing song a while ago, wow, younger generation. He. Can be used by God. 
Who knows? One day he will become a pastor in this church. Amen. I like to look at these young people to take over the land. Faith, have faith in God. Amen. Everyone say, I believe, and I speak, and I will see the result. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe in His promise, and He is in me. I am in the generation of Joshua and Caleb that entered the Promised Land. Hallelujah! You learned something today. You learned how to walk by faith. Keep the joy in your heart. Every time you start to get depressed, you say, "Get out of here right now! I don't accept this. Get out of here and start to laugh in the Holy Spirit. Let's keep laughing and laughing. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus, Father. We thank you so much, Lord, for teaching us the life of Joshua and Caleb. Lord, we learn from the lesson here not to follow examples of the ten spies and the congregation that's so full of fear and sadness and depression and cried all night. We want to be like Joshua and Caleb, the men of faith, the men who have different spirit, have the spirit of faith, spirit of joy. Spirit of victory in this generation, Lord. Oh Lord, help us to have that spirit in our life. We make the right choice, Father. We choose God. We learn how to protect the door of our life. We learn how not to open the door for the giants and the fortified cities, depression, doubt, unbelief. Fear, hopelessness, grief, despair to come in. We're going to stay in faith. We're going to fight the good fight of the faith. We're going to run the race to the end, to the finish line with joy. Thank you, Father, for teaching your people in this generation through the Scripture and by the Holy Spirit here. Thank you, Father. In the wonderful name of your Son Yeshua Hamakshik, yes, Lord. If some of you sitting in this room don't know Jesus Christ, or maybe you think you are a Christian, but you're not sure that you are born again, I'd like to encourage you to really give your life to Jesus, follow Jesus 100%, and have relationship with Jesus Christ. Why don't you follow my prayer and ask the Lord to come into your life to be your savior and your Lord? Pray with me, Father in heaven. I admit, Lord, I am a sinner. I have made mistakes. Lord, you love me. You forgive me of my sin. You sent Jesus Christ, your Son. To pay the price for me, to shed His blood, to forgive my sin. Now I open my heart. I receive Jesus into my life. I open the door of my heart.
Jesus, please come in. I will fellowship with you, and I will be an overcomer all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord. From today on, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is my Lord. He was raised from the dead. He overcame death, and I will serve Him. I repent of my sin every day. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Oh, Thursday.